0: This video is brought to you by NordVPN. Today, Donald Trump resoundingly wins the Iowa caucus. Iran strikes Iraq and Syria. And Kim Jong un says peaceful reunification with South Korea is no longer possible. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday, the 16th of January, 2024. Former U.S. President Donald Trump has won a convincing victory at yesterday's Iowa Caucus, cementing his position as the frontrunner to be the Republican Party's presidential nominee. Trump won 51% of the popular vote and carried 98 of Iowa's 99 counties, earning him 20 of the state's 40 delegates. In a distant second place was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, on just 21.2%, with 8 delegates. Close behind him and taking third place was former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, with 19.1% of the vote and seven delegates. Far behind in fourth was businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, who won just 7.7% of the vote and three delegates, a result that prompted him to suspend his campaign and endorse Donald Trump. Trump's victory in Iowa, which is the first date in the Republican presidential primary, was something of a foregone conclusion. Arguably, more attention was paid to who would come second, and how big the gap between first and second would be. DeSantis's second-place finish, while distant, is good news for his campaign, which seems to have faltered while Nikki Haley's appeared to be gaining momentum. With the Iowa results in, both DeSantis and Haley have vowed to continue their fight for the nomination. The record turnout in Iowa was the lowest in a quarter of a century, largely owing to icy cold and dangerous weather conditions. In addition to this, another record was also set. Trump's margin of victory, 30 points, is the largest margin ever for a contested Iowa Republican caucus. Following the caucus, Trump told his supporters that I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together and added that he thought his Republican rivals were very smart people, very capable people. Attention will now quickly turn away from the Midwest towards the northeastern state of New Hampshire, which holds its primary election on January the 23rd. While neither Iowa or New Hampshire have that many delegates up for grabs, as early races they can make or break a campaign – Nikki Haley, for example, is staking a lot on New Hampshire, hoping to win over the state's independent and undeclared voters, as well as any more moderate Republicans. But Trump's big victory in Iowa suggests he maintains his dominance over the party's base, despite his complex legal challenges. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Iran carried out airstrikes on targets in Iraq and Syria late on Monday, as the fallout from the war in Gaza spreads and regional tensions escalate. Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps, or IRGC, said it struck the city of Erbil in Iraqi Kurdistan, claiming to have hit a headquarters of Mossad, Israel's intelligence agency, in retaliation for Israel's assassination of Iranian military officials. It was initially speculated the IRGC was targeting the US military presence or US consulate in Erbil, though this turned out not to be the case. Multiple reports, however, say that the IRGC strike actually hit the house of prominent Kurdish businessman Pershaw Dizayi, killing him and four members of his family. Meanwhile, a separate IRGC statement said it had called out strikes on terrorist operations in Syria, including Islamic State targets which were destroyed. IS's Afghanistan affiliate had claimed responsibility for a terror attack earlier this month in the Iranian city of Kerman that killed more than 90 people. The US has confirmed that no US personnel or facilities were targeted in Iraq or Syria, but called the Iranian strikes reckless and imprecise. At the time of writing, Israeli authorities have not commented on the Iranian strike or claimed that an Israeli spy site was targeted. Kurdish authorities in Iraq condemned the Iranian strike as a crime against the Kurdish people and rejected Iran's justification. We move to North Korea now, where Kim Jong-un has called to change the North Korean constitution so that it recognises South Korea as the country's primary foe and invariable principal enemy, having concluded that reconciliation and peaceful unification is no longer possible. Kim was quoted by state news agency KCNA as saying in a speech to the Supreme People's Assembly that we don't want war, but we have no intention of avoiding it. KCNA also quoted Kim as saying that North Korea should no longer consider South Koreans as fellow countrymen and that the constitution should be changed to eliminate the idea of shared statehood and specify the issue of completely occupying, subjugating and reclaiming South Korea and annexing it in case a war breaks out on the Korean peninsula. He also ordered the shutting down of three inter-Korean agencies and organizations dealing with reconciliation and tourism, as well as the removal of a monument to the reunification in Pyongyang. All this came at a time of serious tension between North and South Korea, with the North continuing to carry out missile tests and the South engaging in joint military drills with the United States. Despite technically still being at war since the 1950s, both North and South Korea have long declared a shared ultimate goal of peaceful reunification, viewing North and South Koreans as part of the same people. Kim Jong-un's comments are a rejection of this historic doctrine pursued by his father and grandfather. South Korea's president, Yoon Suk-yeol, condemned Kim's remarks, and he vowed that any North Korean provocation would invite retaliation on a multiplied scale. In other news, Switzerland, often seen as the Global Peace Police, is once again flexing its diplomatic strength, this time for Ukraine. Upon President Zelensky's request, Switzerland, a neutral country, has agreed to host a Global Peace Summit for the world's leaders. The proposed summit comes at a time when economic support for Ukraine has waned. According to Zelensky, the aim of the summit will be to re-energize conversation on ending the conflict. It's also going to be an opportunity for Zelensky to gain sympathy from the Global South and to try and change Global South's apparent animosity towards the conflict. Most countries in the Global South have decided to stay out of the conflict and refuse to pick sides. Ukraine is particularly keen to get China on board, seeing Beijing as a key player in potentially ending the war. However, it looks like Russia won't be invited. Zelensky said, we are open to all countries of the world that respect our sovereignty and territorial integrity. Therefore, you can draw conclusions whom we invite. And finally, in uplifting news, Brazil has continued to cut its rate of deforestation in the Amazon. Space agency data suggests that deforestation fell by 50% in 2023 compared to the previous year, with the rate falling to its lowest in five years. Still though, there is work to be done to meet President Lula da Silva's pledge to end deforestation by 2030, as 5,153 square kilometres of the Brazilian Amazon were cleared this year. Brazil's Environment Ministry said increasing inspection efforts were key to achieving the reduction so far. Whatever the future may hold, it will always be important to keep yourself safe online. Fortunately, when it comes to your digital safety, NordVPN has your back. It's an unfortunate reality that online scams and phishing attacks are on the rise, with us constantly bombarded by annoying notifications and emails that we forgot we even signed up to. It's easy to click the wrong link. One seemingly innocent link can compromise security and bring things crashing down. With the protection of NordVPN, though, you can use their threat protection feature to identify potentially suspicious links. Even if you reached a suspicious website, NordVPN's data encryption tools would protect you and your data against a number of other attacks, such as malicious man-in-the-middle breaches. But if things do go wrong, NordVPN's dark web monitoring is always scanning for your compromised details across the entire internet, and can even notify you before you even notice anything's gone wrong. So if you want to securely connect to that free Wi-Fi at your local coffee shop without worrying about someone trying to take a peek at your personal data, you can sign up for a two-year plan with a massive discount and four months free at nordvpn.com forward slash TLDR. We've been told that sometimes our viewers just open a new tab and type in the URL themselves. And while we're certainly glad that you're using the service, you only get the discount and support the channel through that link. So if you wish to get the discount and support independent journalism further, make sure you sign up using our link. That's nordvpn.com forward slash TLDR. Thanks for your support.